Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your hosts, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca. This is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I am Eduardo Manteca. I'm here with Daniel Powinski. Hello. And we are excited to um, to introduce the topic today, which is going to be Saturn. But before we jump into this planet and its correspondence to us as humans, I wanted to ask Daniel more about the relationship between astronomy and astrology. So if you could just kind of give us a little bit of an idea of of, of these two um, definitions. You got it, yeah. So, um, you know, in two, that relationship used to be a lot stronger in the past. Mm-hmm. Um Modern society in this kind of postmodern world we live in now uh, has really done a, its work to separate those two ideas, just like the idea of religion and science has been separated. Okay, so really in the past you would almost you would almost see it as like a bar mm-hmm. with astronomy on one side and astrology on the other, and as you learned more about one side, it would raise that bar of the other side. So, and the same thing was with science and religion. If you learn more about science, you learn more about religion, mm-hmm. and you more learn more about religion, you would learn more about science. And that was when we actually had those unified ideas. Um, but now with everything being compartmentalized and we've kind of separated those ideas, right. in this postmodern society we find ourselves in, we we have the study of astronomy which is revered and respected in the study of astrology, which is gawked at. And that's really, really missing part of the thing, because again, astronomy is really the study of the motion of the planets, and astrology is the study of the meaning of the planet. So you really need to study both sides of that to get the whole picture. And that's kind of what we're kind of looking at today. Um, So astrology is the oldest subject in the world, but it's very much a lost subject because it's really not presented in positive light anymore and if it is it's a very watered down version like it's like people don't study astrology because they look in the paper and they're like and they just look at their sun sign and they're like oh that's not me right um and they just dismiss it so it's become a very dismissive subject which is very interesting that any subject gets dismissed like anytime somebody tells you just to like not look into a subject look into that subject (laughs) um you know the same thing with alchemy you know in school if i would have asked my teachers about alchemy they would have been like oh that's nothing make sure you do your homework when really I should have went home and looked up alchemy, you know? So with astrology, um, astrology is one of those ones that though mainstream media will have you guys mocking it and not believing in it, but they still apply these rules. And we'll actually talk about how Hollywood uses them further on in this lecture. But um, astrology and the occult are hidden all throughout your society. So there's really no way of getting away from it. Um, There's a good old saying the old gods never left. They're just ruling behind the scenes. So the first example that kind of comes to my mind is the seven days of the week. Okay. So again, you have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. These are the seven planets of, these are the seven planets that are vi- um, visual to us on earth. This is also the seven ancient gods. Okay. So Monday is moon day. Okay. Tuesday was associated with Mars. Wednesday was associated with Mercury. Um, And as we start breaking down these planets, look how these days are actually affected, okay? Monday, moon, it's all about reflection, okay? Mm -hmm. Monday, you're usually all always about like reflecting how your weekend was, and you're kind of just like slowly getting back into the work week, right? There's a reason why Tuesday is really stressful, because Tuesday is ruled by Mars. Mars is all about fiery red energy. It's almost the it's the planet of war, right? It's the planet of conflict. When you really talk to somebody and they have like a really stressful day, it's usually like around a Tuesday. Like you're driving to work on Monday and you're like, ah, oh, the week's starting. When you're driving to work on Tuesday, you're like, oh, I'm so upset, right? Yeah, and then yeah. as you start breaking down the days of the week, you really start kind of opening up these ideas. So again, occultism and esotericism is found everywhere. It just depends if you have the eyes to see it, right? And that's what we're all doing. We're just training to get those eyes. So, um, I mean, just kind of like right off the bat, astrology is in every aspect of our life. And again, this information has to almost be rediscovered, okay? So 
astrology, like we said, is the oldest subject known to man. Um, and it's very important to understand that even as we've made advances in astronomy throughout the years, um, these are a lot of these advances are almost rediscoveries because we're actually rediscovering something. So when Galileo found that the sun is actually the center of our universe and the planets revolve around, or I should say the center of our solar system, I should say, and our planets revolve around it. He did discover that, but that was almost more of a rediscovery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we know just by the Egyptians placement of the pyramid of Giza, right? It's placed directly under Sirius B, which is our mother star. That's actually the sun, the star that our sun rotates around. So the Egyptians way back in the age of Taurus, were able to signify that not only did they know we revolved around the sun, they knew our sun revolved around another sun. And that was something that we didn't rediscover for much longer, right? So that's something that like modern astronomy just found out um, pretty recent ago. Um, even Pythagoras, he wrote about the planets being the, the chariots of the gods and as they rode themselves around the sun of the universe. And what he was really saying was they had this understanding. So again, there's a lot of occulted information that a certain class understands, and then it just kind of slowly gets released. Uh, we'll kind of get into Shakespeare, because Shakespeare kind of plays a role in that, where a lot of people think that he actually was more releasing occult information, and he might have had somebody helping him write all those poems and those plays, because they were so vast in the knowledge they touched on, right? And we'll kind of get into all that stuff in as we kind of go, but... One thing like right off the bat that you kind of brought up to is, um, you know, everybody sees astronomy as a science and nobody sees astrology as a science. And that's really not the case because astrology is very much a science. So what astrology is really looking at is the sun, which is the center of our solar system, generates electromagnetic energy, right? So it's generating all this electric magnetic energy and it's shooting it out into the, into the world and it's creating light. So all astrology is, is it's that electromagnetic energy that's hitting us. So now some of that energy is coming directly from the sun to us at Earth, and some of it is going out into the solar system, hitting planets, and that energy is bouncing back up to us. So when somebody talks about their birth chart, all they're really talking about is the electromagnetic energy that was present in that location when you took your first breath. So not only is there electromagnetic energy coming from the sun, there's also some electromagnetic energy that's coming from the sun, bouncing off the moon, bouncing off of Venus, bouncing off of Mercury, and coming back to the exact location where you took your first breath, okay? Um, and this is very, very important because this is kind of what paints the picture of your subconscious, okay? So when we kind of get into these aspects and these correspondences of these planets, you're really going to start to see that if you study the planets and you learn their aspects and their traits, you could understand so much about the physical environment. You can understand so much about your mental environment and so much about your spiritual environment. So all aspects of human psyche can be represented through the archetypes of these planets. So, um, you know, just like right off the bat, like anger is an aspect of Mars. Love is an aspect of Venus. Communication is an aspect of Mercury. Okay, so all these correspond to the human psyche and most importantly to the subconscious. Okay, and the subconscious is something that, you know, you need all the assists you can have on to kind of understand because, again, it's the subconscious. It's that 85% of your brain that you're not aware of at this moment. Like when you're listening to this podcast, 15% of this brain, your brain, you're really aware of, and that's your conscious brain. 85% of your brain is doing so much work as you're just even listening to this podcast. So it kind of gives you insight into that. But really what it gives you is a breakdown of the human psyche and all of its potential. So like all thoughts, emotions, and actions can be broken down by these planets and understanding the correspondences and the aspects of these planets. So the saying that nobody is cut from a different cloth is very relevant because what it's saying is we're all cut from the same cloth. It's just the cut is coming from a different spot. So those seven visible planets um, are the same seven players and they're the same seven players in all states of mind and in all stories. The difference is just where they are placed. So it's the same signs, the same houses, and we'll get into the houses later, just in a different position, but there's infinite possibility for those, those positions. So, Really, what kind of comes down to this is everything is a vibration, and 
And then we've kind of studied that. Everything is a vibration in our environment, right? Even this five sense reality is a vibration. And just different plant, different vibrations resonate with different planets. So this really is just the lost science to truly understand the human psychology. So one thing you'll see people talk about a lot is like personality type quizzes. People are amazed by these like personality type quizzes they look at. But all these personality quizzes are, they're just renaming astrological correspondences. So people get like so amazed, they're like, oh, what personality um, type are you? And then you're like, well, how many personality types are there? And they're like, 12. And you're like, oh, funny, interesting. And you really start breaking it down. It's just a breakdown of these astrological significance. So we have a lot of this information is is something you study. People have just kind of renamed it. So, um, and, and, and a lot of the time, these personality type quizzes are really good, but the subconscious is left out of it. That's why mm. our birth chart is so important because it kind of gives you a kind of an understanding and a blueprint of at least what your subconscious was when you took your first breath in this incarnation that you find yourself in. So, um, one thing we just really want to be aware of is planetary forces are present in everything around us, including our, including our individual personalities or character. So we reach self-enlightenment by conquering, understanding, and controlling the archetypal energies represented by these planets. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate you kind of breaking down those planetary forces. Because in, in regards to what we're going to jump into with Saturn, you know, the, the things that we do know about Saturn, Saturn being the second largest of the planets in the solar system and its influence on decisions that haven't made in history. Um, you know, this, this at least helps, I hope our audience or even for myself understand, you know, where it's rooted from, you know, and I, I think you did a very good job at sort of breaking that down. Um, you know, and, and that being said, we'll jump into Saturn and, you know, there's a lot of things that I've read about Saturn, whether it's within astrology or astronomy, but everybody can understand where its influence comes from based on the research that you can do for yourself on um, past civilizations and or even just, as Daniel was saying, rediscoveries of, you know, something an ancient civilization already knew or what we believe that we discovered in our modern day civilization. So I think it's a very fascinating thing that we kind of keep um, coming back to the influence of these planets right. and and somehow dismiss some aspects of it. And sometimes, you know, we choose, you know, right. not, not to. So, um, you know, Saturn is, is, is a planet that I know that I keep finding is associated with time. And in its high sense, it helps us realize that we are beyond time, right? And um, and within civilization, I know that it's known as the god of agriculture and the founder of civilizations and social order and conformity. So I know that uh, somewhere out there, I read that the rings of the planet um, that enclose and surround Saturn reflect the idea of human limitations. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm hoping you can we can both kind of go down this... Um, this path of, of really opening up the floor for Saturn. Yeah. And uh, if you will. Um, yeah, no, man. And, you know, one thing I really like that you brought up was about the idea of time and um, really about the idea of limitations. Okay, so there's a reason why we started with Saturn as we started breaking down these planets. Um, and one thing I want to um, kind of break down is we, in astrology and in alchemy, we study the sun and the moon as a planet, and we know that these are not the case um, in astronomy, but we're really looking at the psyche aspects of these those what those planets represent, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and really, it's kind of the electromagnetic energy that kind of comes off them. So when we talk about these planets, we're really just talking about the seven visible planets that are seen to the human eye, okay? So we're, talk, we're, we're starting with the furthest planet that can be seen with the human naked eye. Right. And then we're going to make our way in. And this is called the ladder of the planets. Okay. So why do we start with Saturn? Right. It is Saturn is what you would call the boss. He's like the granddaddy. Okay. So as students kind of study the occult um, and they study astrology, Saturn gets a negative connotation that kind of goes with him. Um, And this is one thing we want to be aware of is 
we studied polarity, we know all planets are going to have polarity to them. So there's going to be good aspects of all planets and bad aspects of, of all planets. Like even Jupiter, which we get into next week, you think Jupiter is just like this good time all the time, but there's there's um problems that can happen with you if you just live in a good time, good mood all the time kind of thing, and you're not actually looking at your life, right? So Saturn really gets this negative connotation that comes with it. And again, um, so people usually kind of focus on the negative aspects, and it and it is a fairly negative planet. So you can understand why people understand, like, kind of view Saturn as negative, but it's very important and it's very necessary. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go over a list right now of more aspects and correspondences to human psyche and the human experience that's associated with Saturn. Okay, so like Eddie said, limitations, obstacles, boundaries, discipline, banishing, binding, time, cycles, death, the color black, lead, almost that father figure, very serious, and very cold, right? It's the furthest visible planet from the sun, so of course it's going to be the coldest visible planet that we see. Um, and also that Western idea of karma, okay? And the, the almost the idea of you reap what you sow, okay? And that's really the Western idea of karma. I mean, we'll kind of break down the Western idea and the Eastern idea of karma a little bit more, but very much the Western idea of karma and patience, structure, and organization, okay? So the things I just mentioned, these are the heavy aspects of life. So Saturn stands for the cosmic law that limits and defines manifestation, okay? So these limits and these definitions are very important for manifestation because if we don't have any physical boundaries, there would be no five-sense construct for us to experience the journey of the soul, Okay, so I'm going to repeat that. If we do not have any physical boundaries, there would be no five-sense construct for us to experience the journey of the soul, okay? So just because Saturn gives us barriers and boundaries, we have to be grateful for those barriers and boundaries because if we don't have those boundaries, even physically, we don't have this experience to educate our soul on the journey to meet its spirit. Right. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? It does. And and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I really, I, I appreciate what you're laying down. But I know that for those who understand what Daniel's saying can relate to, you know, that magical age of 28 when Saturn does his return. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, mm-hmm. but I know that when people think of Saturn, they think of it as such a heavy thing, but it's it's only heavy because of your lack of picking up the work that it's given you. Or, or the sorry, the opportunities giving you to work on yourself. Yes, right. Yes, and that's something I understood. But again, I don't want to like veer off too much. So if you will continue, yeah, no, great point though. Um, and we're we're gonna get into because we've had a lot of a lot of interest about Saturn returns, and I can't wait for that episode. But before we talk about Saturn returns, we got to talk about Saturn, right? So, um, but yeah, Eddie and I we we talk about Saturn's returns because we just recently in our lives, just went through our Saturn returns. And we're still kind of in the process of it right now. Um, and it is it is the great teacher, you know? And we're going to go through that process again. And that's why we do this work on ourselves. So when it comes back around, we'll, we'll have fresh insight and be grateful for the limitations that it's bringing up to us. So again, this is really talking about like this physical realm we're in. If we had no boundaries in this physical realm, we couldn't tell anything apart from anything else, right? So like I'm sitting on this chair and my body's on this chair. Like if there was no boundaries between me and this chair, I would recognize the chair as myself, okay? Saturn gives us these boundaries to actually recognize myself from not myself, okay? Saturn is very, very important, okay? So this is represented perfectly by the cross in Christianity, okay? If lines don't intersect, like the two lines that intersect on the cross, we would not have the experience of the soul, okay? That is why when they talk about Jesus dying on the cross, it's about Jesus dying in this matter world that we live in, okay? Those lines crossing on the cross, this is a very esoteric information, very important. If lines didn't cross, you couldn't tell one thing apart from the other, you could not have this human experience that you're having to educate your soul. 
This is why Freemasons are so focused on right angles, okay? Um, this is why Freemasons are so focused on geometry. Remember we talked about that G in early levels of Freemasonic initiation is geometry, okay? All talking about lines intersecting. So important. If lines don't intersect, we don't have this construct. So these boundaries are not just mental and spiritual boundaries, which we'll get into, but also the physical boundaries that you're literally seeing in your environment, okay? Um, so in those mental and spiritual boundaries, those teach us the lessons for our soul to evolve and grow for the alchemical wedding we were talking about last week. So not only physical boundaries, but if we did not have mental and spiritual boundaries that would push us to get the education we need to do. So Saturn is this great teacher, okay? Um, he's always going to be teaching you discipline, okay? Saturn is cold, though, in his lessons. He's not the sun. He's not all warm. Saturn is that grandfather, father figure. He's cold in his lessons. So you're not going to get a lot of sympathy out of Saturn because Saturn wants you to be disciplined. Saturn wants you to be organized, okay? Saturn wants you to be able to accept when a cycle is done and that has to die, okay? And we'll kind of get into how important that is. Um, so again, the mental and spiritual boundaries are there for us so we can learn the lessons for our soul to evolve, to grow, and to get that wedding garment for that alchemical wedding. And remember, that wedding is the the marriage between the body and the spirit, and that gown is the soul, just like we talked about last week with the soul over circumstances. So really remembering that Saturn rules the structure of the universe um, mentally and spiritually, but as well as the physical structure. So every physical structure in our universe is bound by time. Okay, so anything bound by time is bound by creation and it's already in decay. Okay, so really what we're really talking about is Saturn, like Eddie said, it's, it's worse, uh, represents time. So he always kind of represents cycles and recycle. Okay, so we, Eddie was talking about how he represents harvest. Okay, how he represents history. Saturn is all about cycles and recycles. Okay. Um, so if electricity in a, in a battery terminal flows from a positive terminal to the negative terminal, terminal, Saturn is that negative terminal. Okay. He's where everything goes to reset. So he's all about cycles and recycle. Okay. He doesn't like to waste anything. Okay. So this is, um, this is really important because when we're, we're kind of growing in ourselves, Saturn is the ability to actually release bad habits. Okay, so in this whole spiritual progress of yourself, it, not only is it important to take on positive patterns, it's just as important to release negative patterns that don't serve you anymore. This is what Saturn provides, and you have to be aware of that. So again, so Saturn gives us that ability to banish bad and negative influences and negative patterns, okay? Um, and Saturn doesn't like to waste anything. So when Eddie was talking about how Saturn is rules harvesting, well, what is harvesting like, right? It you get the you reap what you sow, and then the dead plants fall and they fertilize the ground for you to recreate that energy. So Saturn doesn't like anything to be wasted. So if you waste your time, Saturn's gonna come for you. Okay. If you're wasting your energy, Saturn's gonna come from you. And even when you like replay when you take on a good habit or you release a bad habit, you have to recycle that energy, right? If you say, like, hey, I'm not going to um, with something that's like a really bad. And okay, so for males today, a male is just like, I'm not going to look at pornographic material anymore, which is a very positive thing for an individual to take. You have to recycle that energy. If you've been putting energy into this your whole life, you have to find an outlet to recycle that energy. And if you just say, I'm just going to just stop doing it and I'm not going to change anything about my life. You're going to have a much bigger ability to fall back into that bad habit. Unless rather, if you took that energy that you used to look at pornographic material and like start painting with that energy or start a creative asset with that energy, you're going to be able to transcend it because you're recycling that energy, right? You just can't leave that energy sitting in the system, right? Because it's just going to, that energy is going to want some kind of expression. So all you're taking is you're recycling that energy and you're putting it through a higher aspect, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, okay. Well said. So, um, so again, this is um, uh, this is why when Eddie was bringing up about Greek mythology, so Saturn is Kronos. Mm -hmm. 
So Kronos devours his own children. What does that mean? He's just recycling that universal energy. This is what that Ouroboros stands for, that snake that eats his own tail, right? Um, Father time, you reap what you sow, okay? So this is breaking down everything at the end of its natural cycle, okay? Now, again, Saturn you want to be aware of is the natural cycle. So people look at death and Saturn, and that's true. He represents death, but he he represents natural death. Like Mars represents accidental death. Mars represents murder. Mars represents death and war. So like, again, Saturn almost gets this bad, this bad rap, but really what Saturn is just like, no, I, when a cycle's done, I recycle that energy. Okay. And that's really important with yourself being able to release energy that you need to recycle. So again, Saturn is cold. He's serious. He's all about discipline and he takes his job very seriously. Right. Um, Saturn, Saturn's saying would be, it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. Right. That's Saturn, right? Um, this is, he's the judge. Hence, this is why judges in the West wear black robes, okay? So one thing we really want to be aware of is like, how do you handle the energies of Saturn? So really how we handle these energies of Saturn are understanding the importance in cycles, and boundaries in the growth of ourself as a sovereign individual. So we'll say it one more time. How do you handle the energies of Saturn? Understanding the importance of cycles and boundaries and the growth of yourself as a sovereign individual. So we really want to be grateful for the limitations and the obstacles because they provide us an opportunity to grow. Okay, so Saturn is this great teacher. Saturn can bind positive cycles and banish negative cycles. Okay, So again, the study of the self is a dance between pulling in knowledge and truth and releasing falsehood, right? And Saturn gives that ability to release falsehood. We don't have to hold on to false ideas that we used to have, okay? Um, Transmuting and letting energy go, okay? One other thing that Saturn is really important on is organization and structure. This is why you need to be organized and have structure in your life, okay? we've Eddie and I have talked about this before, the homes of the elite, whether you like the elite or not. They're organized and structured, clear space, clear mind, um, right? As Jordan Peterson talks about, like, right, first thing you do when you're kind of growing yourself up and self-identifying again is clean your room, mm-hmm. right? And you've had experiences with that, right? Mm-hmm. You've lived in a house that's been dirty and it kind of muddles everything up. And what's your experience now of living in a clean house that you have this amazing girlfriend that helps clean this beautiful place? Like, what is the difference? You know yeah, what I mean? It, it definitely clears space, as you're saying. And I think back to your point of of Saturn being cold in a lesson that is, you know, very to the point. I feel like those who have struggled in their time to pick up that call are only struggling because they're refusing to clean up that room. And it's not as hard as you think it is. And it will show you what the benefits of organizing your life one more time or for the first time in this case can do for you. But this is why you always hear about people even by the age of 28 having a divorce. It's not necessarily like I'll use an example of a divorce here, meaning that if the relationship is ending, it is now your time to see what you're going to do with the next step after this. Are you going to hang on to anger and what could have been or what should have been done? Or are you going to find a way to work through this and actually put the discipline into this relationship and make it fruitful? Or are you going to you know, if, if the relationship can't have a solution, but will at least learn how to let go and move on. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, which is again, why it gets a bad rep sometimes that people are like, Oh, this happened to me during this time. And it's like, ha, there was no mercy there. It's like, yes. no, it was, it was a lesson for you to really pick up. But, um, but that's just what I've read, you know? Yeah. So, no, I, I and experience though. I should say, I should know this by experience, but yeah, we both experienced this. Yeah. <laughs> Too many times. But um, but yeah, again, man, Saturn is the heaviest of all planets. It's metal and alchemy. And when we get to the when we really get to the alchemical process, we'll get into this a little bit more, but it's it's lead. Lead is a dense, heavy metal. Like radiation won't even go through lead. Okay. It's just a very dense metal. This is why heavy metal is some of the heaviest when you literally talk about vibration heaviest music you can listen to. And heavy metal is actually representation of Saturn and Mars, the two malefic planets. Um, if you get into like Norwegian black metal, 
that's just Saturn. And that's like the heaviest stuff you can get. Like, it's insane how heavy that stuff is. Um, so again, you see these correspondences and everywhere you go, but, um, so Saturn is so important and it's, again, it comes up in all religious texts as well. Saturn is the God of the old Testament. Okay. Um, this is why the God in the Old Testament and the God in the New Testament are so different. One is cold, and that's Saturn. One is hot, and that's the sun, okay? Um, so Saturn is the God of the Old Testament. The sun is the God of the New Testament, okay? The Father and the Son. So that Old Testament was the first, and then the New Testament was about the Son, okay? The Father and the Son. This is why the Bible contradicts. Remember when we were talking about polarity? Yeah, polarity is pretty important. It's built into the Bible. So again, you really have to look at, you know, one thing I think the New Age community really messes up on or doesn't see the importance of is the Bible, especially if you can get the Bible in its Latin form or, I'm sorry, its Hebrew form in the Old Testament and the ancient Greek in the New Testament and get a really close translation to those. Um there's so many esoteric and occult principles in the Bible, and it's really overlooked in the West, which is amazing because this is really um, where it should be really looked at by our spiritual students. But most New Age students don't even look at the Bible and they see it as trash, but the problem is, is they're reading it in not the correct lens. They're right. reading it as like a literal thing, and it's not. It's a, it's a metaphysical occult textbook that every student needs to look into. But again, Saturn is the God of the Old Testament. The sun is the God of the New Testament. And this is why there's that contradiction. And that reason why that contradiction is there is to teach you about polarity. Okay? That lesson is hidden in the Bible. And that's, again, you have to read between the lines in those books. Um, this is why the Jewish Sabbath is on Saturn day. Saturday. Hebrew religion, Jewish religion worships or really studies the planet Saturn, okay? Christianity studies the sun. This is why their Sabbath is on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Jewish is on Saturday, right? This is why um, when you see traditional um, Jewish individuals playing, they'll actually pray with a black cube on their forehead. That black cube represents Saturn, okay? This is uh, very, very important, right? So Saturn and... Um, Saturn is what they worship in the Judish, Juda, Judaism. Okay, now they look at all the planets where Christianity, really modern day Christianity, really just kind of looks at the sun. Um, but this is why they're so aware of cause and effect because they kind of study it at the source. So in an uh, exoteric, so kind of not esoteric, but exoteric Christianity, Saturn was turned into Satan. Okay. Um, and he is, because he's he's kind of like this dark figure, and this is one of the reasons why we have the dark figure about him. So Saturn really turned into Satan, and Mars, really, they turned into the Red Devil. So actually, the little Red Devil and Satan are actually two different entities. Um, and it's just really this kind of misunderstanding that's been kind of created in the exoteric Christianity. This is why we'll do a whole lecture on Lucifer, um, and just how actually important Lucifer is, because Lucifer and the devil are not the same entity. Um, and you, that's not even just like an esoteric religion thing. If you actually talk to any kind of biblical scholar, they'll tell you that Lucifer and Satan are two different entities. Um, so it's very kind of interesting. So, um, so I mean, just kind of where we see this publicly, Saturn and Mars are the villains in most stories. So this is hence why the villain always kind of wears black or red. And if there's more than one villain, the main villain will always be Saturn. Okay, again, he's the boss. He's the calculated one. Saturn is going to be the one that kind of calls all the shots. Mars is going to be that more aggressive one. So sometimes it's just Mars represented as the villain, and sometimes it's just Saturn represented as the villain. But if they're both represented, so you have one that's kind of calling the shots and one that does the actions, Saturn is going to be the main boss. And this is why the hero, this is always the last one that the hero faces. So you have to go through almost the henchmen or the rings of Saturn to get to the core. And that's why he, the hero always has to fight all the henchmen. He'll have to fight off Mars to kind of go through those rings to get to the uh, the villain, the the main villain. Um, and sometimes, 
Mercury is the villain. When Mercury is in retrograde, he's kind of the trickster. So you kind of kind of can see all that as well. Um, but really, kind of these are the big players that you're going to kind of see in that aspect. And it's just again, it's one of those things we kind of want to look at because you've seen this. Like just go back. Now that we've kind of talked about these characteristics, and when we talk about Mars and we break that down on a future episode, look how they write the villains. Now, there is a method to writing Hollywood. Like when they write a great story, yeah, they pull these characters out, but they use aspects of these planets and they tell these planets in different houses to really illustrate stories that are buried in your subconscious so you relate to the story. Okay. These are. They understand astrology very fully. There's a reason why there's amazing directors that have all this influence, and then there's a bunch of other directors who are fighting to get a internet commercial, okay? They know the secret information, and you're kind of being exposed to it, or you're aware of it, and you're just kind of seeing it more in a different lens. Correct. But that's what this is all about, right? So Saturn is the boss, Lord of the Rings, one ring to rule them all, right? Saturn is... The father of manifestation. And that's kind of really kind of what puts us, um, kind of gives us the experience that we have today. And it's kind of all about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just really kind of what we were kind of looking at. And then, uh, we'll kind of just open up the floor and then let's just kind of discuss this further. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we can talk about this in such detail. Um, our listeners have asked about us breaking down, certain um storylines and one being star wars and i'm excited to to get into that in the near future but it's important to understand you know how people have created these storylines based on these astrological and um these astrological principles much like the principles you've already discussed within hermeticism you know so like i really want to um you know emphasize on the fact that it's it's important to just consider all these points especially when you're talking about something so relevant like the old testament the new testament Mm -hmm. you know we can all for all of us who have been in one or the other religion or maybe if you haven't been in in any of those two uh, particular religions at least you understand what we're really um presenting and so um no i think i think it's i think you covered most of um a lot of the questions that i would have had right now you you did a really good job at like covering what I would want to know more about in relation to, you know, ancient um, scriptures or even civilizations and how they perceived this planet. So I don't have much more to add to, again, you you were able to um, put it all so beautifully, but you were going to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you know, you brought up a good point because you started talking about Star Wars. And um, again, we have so many creative followers and and I look and we have so many artists and um, from all different kind of aspects that kind of follow our show. Um, and one thing is we kind of like speaking about that. So a, a good little hint is as we kind of start studying this astrology, if you're like a writer or even like a songwriter and you really want to give ode to a planet, you like learn about the characteristics of a planet, a good starting point is writing what house. So there's 12 different houses that that planet is exalted in. And that's really where the planet really kind of comes together and like fully expresses itself. Okay. So Saturn um, exalts itself in the seventh house and that's in Libra. So Saturn actually loves to be balanced because Libra is all about balance. Okay. Um, This is why Saturn, when we hear about Saturn, if it's ever written in a positive part in a story, it's not always the villain. This is why Saturn can actually represent marriage. Right. This is why in the West you have your weddings on Saturn Day. Right. It's because this is why you wear a wedding ring for your wedding. Right. So Saturn is all about. It loves when its story is told and where it's ever exalted. Like Leo likes being exalted in Aries. Right. And you can actually learn where these planets are exalted, and it's kind of like where they want their story told from. Um, but if you look at marriage. You know, you would think marriage is ruled by Venus or something, but marriage is all about contract. It's all about binding one person with the other, okay? Um, marriage is done by a marriage license, right? You have new duties and obligations because of this marriage. It's not the the love that, like, got you into this marriage, which would be Venus. It's it's actually that duty and the binding. Um, and it's very, like, old school, right? So you talked about 
um, earlier in this episode, you talked about divorce rates. Well, it's because Saturn is very old school. Like, there's a reason why you can have an open relationship and it works and an open marriage doesn't. Because now you're under the rules of Saturn and Saturn's just like, I don't play that game. Like, you binded yourself together with this person. Mm -hmm. So, like, and I'm not saying for any individual, whether I'm, like, um, you know, speaking negative about it. I'm just telling you the facts that, like, Saturn is going to call you on that open marriage. Where right. an open relationship with Venus, and, like, if that's the agreement you have with your partner, that's totally fine. But And Venus can be accepting of that. But when Saturn comes around and he sees open marriage, he's just like, uh-uh, I'm going to make this heavy. So, like... Yeah, you can definitely make it through your marriage. And I'm not saying like every open marriage is going to fail, but just be aware that if that's something you want to take on, um, you're going to have to handle that heavy responsibility that's going to be coming your way. Um, because Saturn, he's old school. He's all about discipline. He's about, he's the Old Testament, right? He, he's like new hedonistic ideas. He's just like, no, I don't play that game, right? This is why, like, again, we talk, look about like, how we spoke about pornography earlier, but like, this is why it affects so many marriages. Like that might be fine if you look at that stuff when you're in a relationship, but when you get into marriage, all of a sudden it gets more, its impact is more fully seen. It's because Saturn's playing a role in that. Saturn's like, hey, this is heavy. I don't like this. This is a cycle that needs to go, or I'm going to destroy this and recycle that energy. Um, so it's really important that we understand what rules Saturn and like that Saturn really just brings a seriousness to a situation that is, um, that you have to respect and you have to be serious. You have to be organized. Um, Saturn's all about you kind of creating that discipline, um, and like kind of picking yourself up by your own bootstraps, you know? Yeah, no, well said, well said. Um, well, um, again, I know that there's a lot to cover with each planet, but as we go along with the podcast, you know, this is all information that will better assist you and all of us in being a better person. And like I said, um, or Daniel kind of brought up with um, Jordan P. Peterson, if you talk or listen to him at all, he'll tell you in his in his book is 12 Rules for Life or, mm-hmm. you know, but he, he will even make basic uh, acknowledgments to, you know, just the idea of standing up straight and and actually carrying yourself with a level of discipline and respect because it's important. It's important Mm -hmm. for you to carry yourself a certain way in order to gain the respect of those that you are hoping to either influence or at least like coexist with. And if it starts from something so simple, like keeping your home organized, I know that's something I've been doing since I was younger. um, And I never stopped. Everything follows thereafter. So I never felt any kind of repercussions for the lack of discipline. I actually welcome discipline a lot. Somehow it's something that's always aided me in my life and something that I know those who know me on a personal level will find out when they ask me questions as to, well, how come you have things so together? And I'm not saying I have it together. I'm just saying that what I have done for myself in a certain discipline has helped me in other aspects of my life. So relating this to Saturn you know, I didn't really deny or feel discomfort from the discipline that was presented to me to change those things that no longer served me in my life. And, and to take them more seriously, um, you know, open doors for a lot of other opportunities that were waiting for me within that seriousness or within that level of respect that I needed to have for myself first before I you know, moved forward into something new, something, right. something of a higher vibration. Right. So uh, I'm excited to go down the road of, of these planets and their influence on, on each of us. But as Daniel said, that is important to realize, you know, when we talk about this, these are characteristics that are, you know, embedded within psychology, even, you know, a lot of modern day psychologists and other individuals who have um, brought up a lot of this, this information like Carl Jung is actually is one of them that I know I, I was a fan of Carl Jung when I was learning about psychology um, I, in, in, in college about 10 years ago. I just remember thinking like this guy, this guy is speaking about things that I can really relate to and I'd like to l- learn more about. And that actually opened my mind to other individuals before Carl Jung that also, um, you know, didn't deny this information and used it to aid their further investigations as to why we behave 
a certain way or what we can do to be better ourselves or rise above. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I really am excited. No, man. I I love how you brought up Carl Jung too, because he's another individual when we were talking about Galileo that, and he'll be the first to claim this, that he didn't discover most of this information. He rediscovered this information because Carl Jung took kind of what Sigmund Freud was doing and then he took everything back and he started just going through alchemical text and he was very open-minded. He didn't just dismiss an idea. So he mm-hmm. was just like, people were like, Oh, you're looking at alchemical tests. That's really dumb. He's just like, no, I think there might be something here. And he really kind of gave a Renaissance to that information. And he stands really unique because he's one of the only individuals who was able to bring this outlet to modern education. You know, like you can't really talk about alchemists in the classroom. Like if, when I'm teaching psychology, like, I talk about alchemy because I'm like, I don't care. Who's going to fire me? But most people won't talk about alchemy. (laughs) Most people won't talk about alchemy, but you're allowed to bring up Carl Jung. You're allowed to bring up Carl. Like Carl Jung, you're allowed to bring up. Joseph Campbell was also an individual who kind of transcended that um, and was able to take these old ideas and kind of push them into the future. But so many other people, they just like cut that idea off. But it's so interesting why people do allow Carl Jung's ideas because he is. He's talking about alchemy and he's talking about astrology. He's talking about archetypes as just these planet aspects that we've been talking about. So he was really just kind of rediscovering this information. But I I mean, I remember perfectly when you started um, reading about Carl Jung when we were in college, you really kind of opened up my eyes to that individual. And that was, it was such a cool experience because I was like, oh man, I never really thought about the world like this, you know? And it was just kind of like a unique thing. But um. But yeah, I think it's it's important too to kind of reflect on what you were saying about how you kind of always welcomed organization and discipline when it came to the maintenance of your room. And I mean, I remember that just as like your friend. Like I still to this day base my closet off of your closet. <laughs> because I remember <laughs> your closet, great, I came over and we were skateboarding and you just had t-shirts that were hanging up that were like your band tees and your skate tees, but it was just t-shirts that you wore. And you're like, no, it's just like, oh, dude, you don't have many t-shirts. You're like, no, these are like the 12 t-shirts I wear, man. Like, I don't have any t-shirts that I don't wear. And that like blew my mind because like, as a kid, like I kept everything and like you would open up my closet and I knew that there was like this little area of clothes that I actually wore and I would have to like make my way through all the clothes that I grew out of or just weren't interested in anymore. And I remember like hanging out with you like one of the first times and I went home and I just like grabbed the garbage bag and I just like donated so many clothes because no, I was amazing. just like, I, I, I could just see even right. I, we were like 11, 12 years old. I could just see like, oh, it's nice having that space and just being like, oh, I didn't, it doesn't matter what shirt I'm pulling. I know it's a shirt I want where I'm like pulling a shirt and I'm like, oh, Barney, like I can't wear this. It's like a 3T, right, like right. my belly's hanging out. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny as you kind of grow. Um you know, and like I took always owed to my mom. She was always been such a clean, organized individual. Um, and it takes like you moving out of your parents' house and you're living, you know, with roommates that you really see like, wow, man, I, it is important, especially once you go home. Right. Like you take that first semester back and then you come home for like that Thanksgiving break and you're just like, oh, life kind of feels a little lighter. And it's just like, well, it's because like somebody's cleaned the floors and like right. they've dusted and there's just not a bunch of like, beer cans everywhere you know what i mean and it's oh, just yeah. like oh it's just so funny you you have to like go through those experiences to see that but again saturn's gonna test you and again if you're not organized and disciplined in your life by the time you're 27 28 it's a really hard lesson and we it's a spoke very about hard that. lesson yeah yep yeah. yeah. i mean for me um as an individual it really had to do with the difference between comfort and discomfort and so for me what worked for me might not work for someone else but what worked for me was simply uh, like I said, being disciplined and, and and trying to find that balance so that everything else would adhere to that or at least like follow suit. And that helped me out greatly with a lot of, like I said, aspects into my life and other disciplines and including in college. You know, college is ridiculous as far as like the um, the abundance of assignments that you have to sort of sort through and try to make sense of just so you can get that you know, tiny piece of paper that says you did it and, and, and become such an importance to you at the time. But really what was making my life better wasn't the degree I was earning, but the capability, um, of organizing so much chaos within my day-to-day life so that I could continue living in comfort and not in discomfort. So, um, but one thing I wanted to say back to, to, uh, astrology, not to bounce all over the place, but something that you said that I think bringing back Carl Jung and everything is that, look, 
you said in the beginning, the separation between science and religion. And I think understanding both of them at the same time relates back to the initiation of this podcast, which is walking that middle path. So understanding like that middle ground between the two is what's definitely going to, you know, allow for you to see the whole picture, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's something that Carl Jung kind of did. He's just like, look, I'm not dismissing this, but I'm not going out and saying, you know, this is all in truth, but he did a great job of carrying both, which Mm -hmm. is something that in my opinion, you know, someone like Freud may have not have done. Um, and that's fine. You know, his discipline was a little bit different as far as his approach to the human, um, uh, behavioral system and, and his analogies for icebergs and all that. And we'll get into that later down the road on this podcast. But I think, I think, you really nailed it on like why this is an important subject to consider and not dismiss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, if anybody tells you to dismiss anything and it, it might be like, you might get into and study the subject and be like, Oh yeah, I didn't need that subject, but look into anything, especially if someone's saying like, Oh, this is nothing. Like, don't look here. Like, uh, nah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't buy, don't mind the man behind the curtain, you right. know, Wizard of Oz. Um, but yeah, man, I think, Again, you know, I don't think we realized just how many um, references that middle path takes until like we really started this podcast. And like, you really look at it, the middle path is so important, not only in the psychology, but in every aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, And today we got to see it and the importance between religion and science. And again, it would be great if we could get to the point where religion and science can meet again, because that is the subject that's really going to you know, transcend us into the future that we need to go, you know, um, the holistic with the analytical, you know, that full brain. Um, and that's something we really were kind of striving for. And that's what this is all about. But again, you know, and it will probably end every episode or kind of round up every episode with this. Everything comes, it starts with us, you know, and Saturn again, so disciplined. And all he wants you to do is become disciplined and he knows you need to be disciplined to go on the journey of the planets to get to that sun. And that's where we're all trying to get to. So really be grateful for your limitations, be grateful for your boundaries, both physical, mental, and spiritual. And just know that this is all part of the construct of this five sense experience. And this is what you needed to grow. Um, And again, don't lead is again, it's heavy and it will sink, sink you. So Ditch that lead in your life and become lighter. Like we said last week, like angels fly because they take themselves lightly. Angels don't carry a bunch of lead around. You know what I mean? So see those limitations, see those obstacles, and then figure out how you can kind of transmute that energy so you can transcend it and create an opportunity. Well said. Well said. Well, with that being said, I guess, um, you know, we will um, join you guys again next week with... um, are we going to go into another planet? We- so, yeah, we'll probably be doing Jupiter next week, okay. which is fun because Jupiter is just all fun games. It's okay. like finger banging, just all fun stuff, right? Yeah, like yeah. just little finger guns. Um, so, yeah, Jupiter is all, I mean, Jupiter is Santa Claus. Saturn is Kronos. Okay. So just kind of take that in your mind. It's really important because this is the two you balance each other out with is you kind of use Jupiter energy to bounce out Saturn and you use Saturn energy to bounce off Jupiter. Um, but we do kind of have something exciting. We, um, we do want to announce that the first movie we will be breaking down is we're going to be breaking down Star Wars. Yes. And that's going to be our first uh, video that we're going to do, which yep. is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, one, we kind of want to be able to show slides um too and it's just gonna be kind of a little bit more of an open conversation so uh, be on the lookout we're hoping to get that done by the end of this month and then we'll shoot that out uh and then we're gonna just make our way through the planets but we'll probably have some episodes that kind of come up in between there and we'll talk about different things um but yeah we're just kind of looking forward to continuing this journey with you absolutely and, and we'll let you know where to find all that information as we go as, as well as you know the know thyself uh, YouTube page and where we can put some of these lectures right. that we're doing that are going to be recorded um, and edited and and produced. So then that way you can see our faces. Oh wow! <laughs> but um, but yes, we will we will let you know when when that is all up and ready to go. And and um, yeah, with that being said, until next time. Till until next time.